Ion 2020, episode 41. Have 2020 vision with Ion 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. Welcome to Ion 2020. I am Ray Eaton, the host that's uh, bringing you all the best information I could find with regards to this 2020 election. I thank you for coming out today and listening, uh, tuning your ears into a podcast. Uh, I appreciate you listening because, you know, if you're anything like me, you probably have about 55, 60 podcasts that you listen to on a regular basis. Um, and everyone's vying for a little bit more attention, aren't they? I mean, that's just the way we all are, right? And some people... They go from hour shows to two hour shows, and you know some people put out typically a thirty minute show, and it goes to forty or fifty minutes sometimes. And you know we're fighting for, to to get you to tune into us, and uh, you got to put out some good content, and that's what I'm trying to do every single day, uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday. I'm trying to put in, out some good content for you to listen to, um, some relevant information, you know, because you want to. If you're listening to this show, you're probably interested in the 2020 elections, what's going on, you know. I know I got started early. That's I did. I mean, as soon as Elizabeth Warren announced that she was forming an exploratory committee, I think she was one of the first people to announce. There was a couple of people before her, but she was one of the first like mainstream candidates, the first one to announce. So it was important for me to get this show started. I've been I've been kicking the idea around for months and months and months, and I said, you know what? As soon as this midterm elections over in 2018 I'm going to start doing a show because I've always wanted to have a podcast I've always wanted to just you know raise my voice in in the in, in expression of liberty in the for the libertarian message you know um, I've always wanted to get it out there I'm not the most academic person by any means there's plenty of academic shows out there I thought that there was a need though for a libertarian show that just follows the election right you have your tom woods out there right he does a lot of these academic shows bob murphy show uh he does these academic shows as well you got the jason stapletons that cover you know general news i think he's kind of more gone towards a self-help guru type message lately um but before that you know he was like you know just covered just general news and the libertarian from a libertarian perspective, looked at current events and so forth. And then you got the Lions Liberty. They have a show where it's like, uh, what do they call it? Like a only libertarian variety show, right? Where they have one guy on Friday, he does Felony Friday, and uh, John Odermatt, I think is who it is. And uh, he'll put out a show on Fridays that's just directed towards um, the criminal justice system. And you have, you know, I think one of them is Electric Liberty Land, and he does. But anyway, they the Lions Liberty, they have a couple, you know, three different shows that they do. Um, and then, you know, there's other shows I listen to as well. Tim Price, he does a show, and it's two hours once a week, and he'll put out uh, some really good content. I've noticed that. Um, 
And then there's other, you know, podcasts that you listen to. So you're always listening to pod- podcasts constantly, right? If you're like me, you are anyway. And we're vying for your attention, man. That's just the way that we do it. And uh, I've always thought it would be a great idea to put out a podcast uh, about just, you know, following the 2020 election and very focused in on the, the current events that are going on for the election, focusing on these candidates and their issues. Um, if they all follow a specific issue, like I did a show recently uh, a couple of days ago with regards to the $15 minimum wage that they're all covering, um, I'll be doing more of those shows as well where I just cover a specific topic that they are all uh, supporting. I'll probably do a Medicare for All show. I'll probably do a college education um, with debt forgiveness show. I'll do shows like that as well, just covering their issues. And I'm also going to be focusing on some of these third-party candidates as well. You won't catch me doing any interviews because I just, honestly, I don't know how to. And I'm, I'm new to this whole podcasting thing. I'm literally speaking into my iPad right now, the microphone on that. So you can't expect too much out of me except for good content. So that's what I'll do. I'll give you guys good content on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. Uh, you can count on me for that. Um, between now and the end of the year, we're going to have the debates coming up soon. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, at the beginning of the year, you're going to have the primaries going. At the beginning of 2020, you're going to have the primaries going. Uh, general election stuff starts happening soon uh, after that, where the primary, each of the um, each of the parties have found their candidate, and now they're going to have their conventions. Then you're going to start having a third party. The third parties will start having their conventions mid 2020, and then it's on from there, right? Uh, libertarians, they're trying to get, a, they're just going to be trying to get a, like a message, a message of liberty to the masses. Uh, are they going to be trying to get all the votes that they got last time? Who knows? Are they going to try to go at it from a educational standpoint like a lot of libertarians want them to? Who knows about that either? We do know one thing is that Bill Weld will not be running on the libertarian ticket because he is considering running against Donald Trump. I did a show about that the other day. Um, I went to his website and I also read a couple articles recently and they were just uh, talking about him um, you know, possibly being somebody that can disrupt Donald Trump. I just don't think that that's, that's the case because he's popular in, you know, the Northeast, Massachusetts, maybe New York, New Hampshire, Vermont. He might be popular up there, but definitely, you know, he's no one knows who he is in Washington State. You know, no one knows who he is anywhere else. And in order to get the Republican nomination, you're going to have to beat Donald Trump, who is hugely popular among, you know, 35, 40% of Republicans um, that are just like his diehard supporters, right? So probably don't have to worry too much about that, but I'll be focusing in on that during this podcast. You'll see me coming up with a lot of new topics as well, but it is a show that's going to focus specifically on this 2020 election, and I saw a need for it, so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to fill it. And if someone else comes out and does a better job than me, so be it. Hopefully, hopefully you'll still tune in to my show because it's going to get better and better, guys. I promise you that. Um, that's my goal anyway, and we shall see. I'm pulling up right now um, what I wanted to talk about today, which was Tulsi Gabbard. Um, you guys know how I feel about that if you listen to any of my previous shows as well. Um, she is the only candidate that is taking the anti-war message 
um, to the nose, man. She really is. Whenever she gets up there and talks about anything, front and center is the anti-interventionist foreign policy, anti-war message, and I really enjoy what she's saying about that. And uh, I don't know how I feel about her on her social issues when it comes to the way that the government should intervene in your life on a personal level, but intervening in the foreign uh, affairs idea is where I support her at. Um, And that's about it. But I pulled up her website because she has her website up now. And when I first did a show about her, probably about a month ago, there was no website up. She had had an exploratory committee. But now her website's up. And I wanted to go over that because... Um, that'll help you and me get a better idea of where she stands on everything besides her foreign policy. So the first thing is when you pull up, it says Tulsi 2020. She has a video, and uh, it's her talking in Hawaii. And she like, talks total. I mean, when she talks, she has a very um, zen feel to her, I think, is what I, it's the only way I could describe it. I think that she's Hindu, if I remember correctly. Uh, she's from Hawaii, and I think she's a she, her religion is Hindu, and because um, I think she's an Indian American. And uh, anyway, so that's but when she talks, you just gotta listen to her talk. She has like a very Zen talk, like a Zen a Zen appeal to her. I guess is the best way to say it. Uh, so her website, the first thing it pulls up, it says no fear. Then she says, Russia baiting propaganda is being deployed against our campaign, along with anyone else on the left or right who speaks out against regime change, uh, war, or the the new Cold War. The corporate media is doing everything they can to stop our campaign before it gets started, including using fraudulent journalism and discredited sources to launch their biased attacks. And it's totally true if you listen to all of the news reports about her, they talk about her as somebody that is for Assad, even though when she went to visit Assad, she was meeting between, it was meeting between her and one of the, and Assad and one of the opposition force people. She was trying to be like a peaceful mediator between them. Um, but they're saying that she is a shill for Assad. Um, they're saying a lot of just negative things about her and it's the, you know, this propaganda. She says they're trying to stop us before we even get started and it's true and they do this to everybody. They did it to Ron Paul. They do it to anybody that's going to speak out against the status quo, which is, um, the terrible foreign policy that this country has. Anyway, so then she says, get your name on our list. She asks for email address and zip code. Then it says, continue to the website so the real website so that's how she introduces it and i think it's a good way to go because um people need to know that you know this is a different kind of campaign i think is what i see um and that's what i felt about her but like i said when it comes to her issues i don't know exactly where she stands on most of the other issues except for the war issue and she did talk about this um as the forefront of her campaign which would be that she's going to make the anti-war, anti-foreign intervention issue the center point of her campaign. And if you look at Ron Paul, it was a winning issue for him. Um, Military guys, they said that it would be, they really said that it would destroy him with the military, but he had more uh, donations from military families and military service members 
than any other candidate in 2008 and in 2012 with that message. Um, it's a winning message among the military because do these people really want to be out fighting in Iraq and in Afghanistan or do they want to be home with their families protecting their country? I think that from that standpoint, these guys would rather be home with their, at home with their families and then going out from you know 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. working at the base than working at some base in Iraq or Afghanistan, you know, getting shot at. I can't imagine that that would be the preferred thing that they want. Um, now these guys, they go out there and they do it on a daily, you know, they go out and do it because they decided that that's the, that's the career path that they want. And that's the life that they want. But if they really had a choice, they're going to decide, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go for a can. It's going to keep me at home, man. I guarantee that's the case. Um, so I'm trying to find within her, within this website, what her platform is, because that's what I was looking at with all these candidates is what their what their platform is, right? So um, she says a life of service. So she was Tulsi Gabbard. She was a military veteran. Uh, she went to Afghanistan and to Iraq, I believe. And um, after the attacks of 9/11, she enlisted in the Army National Guard to serve her home state during a time of need and to serve her country. So she served in Iraq in 2004. Um, she was on the 29th Brigade, Brigade Combat Team, was called up and began preparing to deploy in Iraq. Um, Tulsi's name was not on the mandatory deployment roster, but she knew there was no way she could stay behind in beautiful Hawaii as her brothers and sisters went off to war. She left an easy win to re-election and volunteered to deploy. So she decided to go and deploy to Iraq. The cost of war, she says. The first day Tulsi arrived at her camp in Iraq, she saw a large sign at one of the gates that read, Is today the day? It was a blunt reminder that today may be the day that any of the soldiers would be called to make the ultimate sacrifice for their country. It caused her to reflect on her own life and the reality that each of us could die at any moment while serving in a base in the Sunni Triangle at the height of the war. Tulsi had the heart-wrenching daily responsibility of going through the list of every injury and casualty in the entire theater of operations, looking to see if any of the soldiers in her unit were on that list so she could ensure they received the care they needed and their families were notified. She was hit with the enduring pain of hardship of her brothers and sisters in uniform and the stress and pressure of their families. Okay, so, you know, she experienced the war, um firsthand because she was over there and then she ran for congress when she got home she's uh served in congress for six years and is a member of the armed service committee but i then when you get past all that you really just have a bunch of pictures and stuff um and that's it i don't see her i i'm trying to find it guys and i apologize uh but i don't see her um her platform anywhere on here so that's something that we're going to have to look into even further. And then I'll try to find what her platform is, because that's important to know what the specifics are of her platform. Uh, to me, that would is, what I really want to know is, besides the fact that she is um, for peace across the world, that she's for this, you know, to end the foreign intervention, I want to see where she is on the, you know, the issues at home as well. Okay, so this is where she gets into her policies and what she believes in uh, besides just the foreign policy. 
Um, and it's just a really short part of her on her website, and it says, Serving over six years in Congress as a member of the Armed Service, Homeland Security, and Foreign Affairs Committees, Tulsi has been a leading voice fighting to end regime change wars and instead focus our military efforts on defeating the terrorist groups that attacked and declared war on the United States. She has approached every issue through the lens of what will be best serve the American people, security, secure our country, and promote peace. And then it says she is a champion of protecting our environment, ensuring clean water and air for generations to come. So she wants to use the government to protect the environment and ensure clean water and air for generations to come. Okay, um, that's not very clear. I like clear and decisive statements. That, and um, she doesn't really get too deep into that. I wish that she did. That would be a that would give you a little bit more information on it. So she wants to invest in infrastructure and in a green energy economy. So it doesn't say anything about the Green New Deal specifically. So she doesn't get into any specifics on that either. And we all know, well, not we all know, because some of you guys might not follow this, but the Green New Deal, I talked about that in one of my episodes, the Trillion Dollar Green New Deal. You might want to go back and listen to that episode. Um, It tells a little bit about what the Green New Deal is, but she doesn't give any specifics. Tulsi Gabbard does not give any specifics on where she says, but she says investing in infrastructure and a green energy economy. So she wants to use the government's money um, to invest in infrastructure and a green energy economy. And when people say green energy economy, most of the time they're talking about wind and solar, right? Um, Not talking about nuclear, even though nuclear is the best source for a non-polluting or non carbon-based, I guess we'll say, because there's obviously pollution that goes along with nuclear. Um, But non-carbon-based energy is, when they talk about that, they say it's uh, solar and wind. Healthcare for all. So she is for healthcare for all. I mean, everyone's for healthcare for all. It's just, do you want the government to be in charge of healthcare for all, I guess? Um, Obviously, we all should be able to go to the doctor, and the best way to ration that care is which is a, um, economics is always an idea of, uh, scarcity of resources, right? So when there's a scarcity of resources, which is a scarcity of doctors, because there's not an infinite amount of doctors, um, then you have to have a way to ration that. And the best way to ration that is through a market force, which is the dollar. Um, and if you want to bring costs down for things, then you make it more free uh, just like LASIK surgery used to cost $25,000, $30,000, and now LASIK surgery costs, I saw an advertisement for it the other day, it was like $2,000 for both eyes to get LASIK surgery. Um, do you all, do you want to go to the budget LASIK surgeon? I don't know, but at least you have that option, right? Whereas nowadays, if you, it seems like healthcare costs are rising like crazy. But when she says healthcare for all, I'm assuming that what she means, because she doesn't get specific on it, uh, she might mean Medicare for all, but she also might mean um, just single payer, some other type of single payer healthcare, or she might mean government taking over the entire healthcare industry. I'm not sure, and she doesn't really say it, but she gets into that. So she's also for civil liberties and privacy. I'm for privacy, civil liberties. Okay, so I will go along with her on that. 
civil liberties and privacy. That's good. She wants the government to stay out of your life in that way while confiscating your wealth to pay for Medicare for all, apparently. Um, but anyway, we'll go with that. Privacy, that's good. So internet privacy, I think, would be good as well. And probably, I wonder if she is one who is um, in support of Edward Snowden then and what he did because, and you know, leaking the information that the government spies on you constantly. I wonder if she supports him. I would like to look into that and see. So then we have support for, she's also has, she wants to support for, she's for support of small businesses. That's very nonspecific as well. I don't know that I want the government supporting small businesses, but she says she wants the federal government to support small businesses. Criminal justice reform, I'm okay with that. Um, and then sustainable agriculture. So I when they say that stuff like sustainable agriculture, I'm not sure what they mean by that because um, does they want the government to mandate everything is sustainable agriculture? Do they want them to have incentives to make or have farmers be more likely to give sustainable agriculture? Do they want to have tax incentives for sustainable agricultural products? I have no idea. So she doesn't get any details on that. Then she says, breaking up the big banks. And then it says she needs your help. So she's for breaking up the big banks. Um, I don't know how you would do that, but break up the big banks. Um, I would like to see more details on that. I think that most banks are probably as big as they are because about eight or 10 years ago, they declared banks too big to fail. And that's why these banks are so big and have gotten so big. And there's been mergers and acquisitions and all this stuff, um, where there's probably like 50 major banks in the country now, instead of, you know, 500, um, but, you know, that all comes from the Federal Reserve. That comes from specific laws that have allowed these corporations to get so huge and have these special favors and everything else and have favoritism and, you know, be the first ones to get the money from the Federal Reserve, things like that. Like, these are government problems, and she wants the government to fix them um, through regulations, I would imagine. I'm not sure. She doesn't get into any specifics on this stuff, so that's fine. Um, the last thing she says, regime change wars are bankrupting our country and our moral authority. We need to redirect those resources into a renewable, sustainable economy that works for everyone and brings about an era of peace. We must put service above self and reclaim our great democracy from the forces of hatred and division. So she makes the anti-war issue a center point of her campaign. That's where I'm supporting her at, man. What I what I say, and I donated to her campaign. I'll I'll say that now, and it wasn't much, so don't worry. Um, I would. It's the first time I've ever donated to a Democrat. Um, I donated to Rand Paul's campaign in 2012, and or not 2016, and I voted or, or donated to um, Ron Paul's campaign in 2012. So I will donate to certain people. When I like a specific issue that they are that they are um, pushing, and the one thing I like about her is the anti-war stance that she has, this anti-foreign intervention stance. So it made me donate, and the reason why is because she put out something that said 
part of the Democrat, the Democrats, in order for you to get onto the debate stage, you have to have 65,000 individual donors. So I made a very small token donation just so I can be one of those 65,000 individual donors. And I know for a fact to put me on some stupid mailing list. I'm sure about it. And I'm going to be bombarded by these emails from these Democratic candidates as these as she drops out eventually. Um, but still, I just felt like it was very important to have that message on the debate stage because none of these other candidates are going to make anti-war their top priority, and she is going to. And it'll be great to see that on the, on the campaign stage um, when she's arguing these points and making that the center of, of center point of her uh, campaign. So we'll see. I guarantee you what they'll end up doing on the debate stages, though, is just bringing up, are you, uh, are, do you love Assad and all this stuff, right? Where, um, cause that's what they'll, they'll just lead her down that, that particular direction. If she can overcome those things, I think it'll be helpful to see that on the stage. If you're a libertarian, um, you don't need to go and donate to her or anything like that. Like I did, I just thought it would be important to see that particular message on the stage. And that's why I, I did that. Um, but I like the fact that she puts that as the center point of her campaign. I don't like her on these social issues and, uh, criminal justice reform and let's see and the civil liberties idea and privacy i'll support her on those things as well but i don't i don't think that the government should be getting involved in the green energy economy i don't think the government needs to be involved in our health care at all and i really don't think that um they need to legislate anything with sustainable agriculture or anything like that maybe the breaking up the big banks um I don't know that I agree with that. That's the government putting its hand into private industry. But banks are pretty much not private industry anymore. Maybe get rid of some of these special favors that they have that would force them to have to break up maybe, but not having like some politician going in there and thinking that they know what's best. To me, that's never the right the right decision to make. So... I won't support her on that specific issue. And now if she gave me some more specifics on how she's going to do some of these things, I might go along with it. But, hey, Tulsi, just keep on just keep on preaching the anti-war message, and then you'll have me listening, all right? And I think you'll have a lot of libertarians listening as well. So this is ION2020, though, your place where you're getting all the information with regards to this 2020 election that's coming up, thank you for so much for listening today. Um, hopefully, I gave you some good insight about Tulsi Gabbard. You know, uh, I like her on a, on the, on a one issue specifically. I like her on a couple of other issues, but um, I never go along with the socialist ideas that people have. I'm a libertarian, and I believe that the government should stay out of your life and out of your business, and that's always a good thing, you know? Um, But please come back tomorrow and listen. Go ahead while you got a chance. Subscribe to the show. Um, Give me a five-star rating and review. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I am IonTheEmpire. That is at IonTheEmpire. And if you want to follow me there, you're going to get some good news, Um, not just for the 2020 election, but you'll get news for everything that's going on with this within this empire that we live in so come on back tomorrow and listen and uh you will have clear vision for 2020